Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday's edition of Locked On Seminoles, brought to you mainly by Sonos and in part by Max's new shirt. Max's new shirt, because he had to mix up his color palette. Let me know if green's the answer. But other than that, we got a great show for y'all. We appreciate you being here. We've got David, we've got Drake, and we are going to talk about players, players, players. We are first going to talk about who is the most important player on this roster to FSU success in 2022 that is not named Jordan Travis and does not play quarterback. Then we're going to go into listener questions. Y'all have a lot of questions about the players, so we are going to go through those and give you our unfiltered takes right here at your favorite daily Florida State podcast slash YouTube show, Locked on Seminoles. Drake, roll the video, tell them who we are, and let's get rolling. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, let's get this show started talking about the most important player to Florida State in 2022. I'm your host, Max. Again, you've got Dave. You've got Drake. Collectively, I believe we figured out we spent 18 years as students at Florida State. We are all huge fans, just like you, and we try to give you a perspective, right? I want to say the fan perspective, but some of y'all have taken that to mean we're not allowed to be like realistic. So you're going to get some realism here, but you're also going to get elite lie season. You'll get some optimism too. So without further ado, let's dive in and let's all try to have the type of day that Cam Akers is having right now and not the type of day that Tom Brady is having right now. David, I'm going to put you on the spot first because it was your question you came up with. I want a two word answer. First and last name, who is the most important player on the roster for next year that isn't named Jordan Travis? Robert Scott. Why, um, why Robert Scott specifically, though? Because, I mean, obviously we could have picked a lot of people on the O-line. What about him makes you feel like he's the linchpin? Jordan Travis is a righty. Robert Scott should play left tackle, I believe. And if his blind side isn't protected next year, I expect to have upperclassmen at the left guard center and right guard spots, so I'm not as worried about those. But if Robert Scott can take a big next step next year and protect Jordan Travis's blind side and give him time, I fully expect him to stay healthier. The longer he's healthier, the better this team is. Simple. So let me ask you this. Is the youth excuse gone for the offensive line this year? I mean, you look at how many guys we have returning, the average age of the O-line. And to me, it feels like they're e- we're either going to say this offensive line, the players suck, or they don't. Like, they're not yeah. young anymore. Like, it's just, are they any good at football? Am I kind of right on that, do you think? Yeah, G- Gibbons is a redshirt senior. Caden uh, Lyles, if uh, he may start at center. He's a redshirt senior. Um, Darius Washington at right guard is going to be a redshirt sophomore. And depending on who you put at right tackle, I mean, some project Bless Harris to actually start. He's a redshirt junior if he does. That would be three, I mean, guys with five to six years of letters. Yeah, I was going to say, this is these are COVID years too, right? So a redshirt yeah. sophomore is a true, like if you're listening to this as a fan, think what age you were as a senior in college. That's what a current redshirt sophomore is. So it's yeah. not like these are young kids anymore. They've had time. Josh Storms has been here for three years. Like you've been lifting weights with him. This will be the second offseason with no COVID that these guys have been in a weight. Not that there's no COVID. Don't take that out of context, but no COVID restrictions on team workouts. So You got these guys in the weight room with Storms for two years. Alex Atkins coaching them for three. And the average age on our offensive line is probably going to be around 21 and a half years old. Excuses are over with the youth. Now it's time to put up or shut up Drake. 
Who do you think is the most important player on this roster that is not Jordan Travis and is not Robert Scott? Tatum Bethune. Interesting. Okay. Now, now I understand where you're going with linebackers, but why do you think Tatum specifically is so important to that room? Because we've actually seen Tatum perform at an extremely high level when it came over at UCF. I think he had almost uh, what, triple digits for sacks. 105 I tackles, I think. Yeah. Triple mm-hmm. digits sacks? Not sorry, the world record. Tackles, yeah. tackles. <laughs> that would be awesome if that was the case. And he definitely would be. But no, it's more that would change its rules and just stick him in there. <laughs> no, right. exactly. Because I think I think the addition of Jared Verse is going to fill a lot bigger of the hole that Jermaine Johnson left than people can understand. Because I do think that Jared Verse is kind of one of those diamond in the rough kind of players like Khalil Mack was over at Buffalo. But with Tatum Bethune, he's someone that I can definitely see spelling a DJ Lundy and a Mari Gaynor Kendall. There's someone that actually has been there and part of very, very elite defense over at UCF when Watt Ralph Rangerstein actually was there. Like a top 10. Yeah. I know, Dave, you gave me a little face with that because I know it's group of five. But well, for the, as, as long as Mackenzie Milton was there, people forgot how great that defense actually really was in holding a lot. You know, with Mike Novell, he's able to capitalize on that. So for me, Tatum Bethune is probably the most important piece of that puzzle because even though our defense was much better last year, our linebackers were still picked on because Caden Deloach can't be out there for every damn snap. Like Max alluded to it last week. He was exhausted. Like, uh, yeah, he's the only linebacker that can cover, so we need someone that can do that. I, I will say with the Jared Verse thing, I don't think Jared Verse is nearly as talented as, as um, Jermaine Johnson, but I think we give Jermaine Johnson too much credit for all of his sacks, and what I mean by that is we posted several clips. I think two different unsung heroes of the week – were times where you saw the Fabian Lovitz, the Robert Coopers, like clogging the middle so well, it let Jermaine get free. So the point I'm making is not that Jermaine wasn't great and he didn't earn all those sacks. It's that if Jared Verse can be 75% as good as Jermaine, he may have more than 75% of his production if our interior defensive line is causing a lot of team sacks like they did last year. So I, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see that. I agree with you on the linebacker. What I'm more interested in is how does Tatum Bethune, who if y'all don't know, he's a transfer from UCF, he's coming to Florida State, he was recruited by Randy Shannon, who is now our defensive co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. He was coached by Randy Shannon at UCF, I think two years. So I wonder how much he's going to affect buy-in in the linebackers room, right? You now have a new linebackers coach and who's co-DC. So having a kid who's been successful under that coach come in and say, guys, this guy knows his shit, trust me. He like I did it his way and look at my stats. I wonder if there's like a, a, a an intangible benefit there. But I want to get to some listener questions. Before I do, I want to tell y'all what I did today. I uh had to get some gas and paying for gas sucks right now. Your boy, not ashamed to say it. My car takes premium. It does, you know, humble brag there. And that's expensive. Fortunately, I've been using the Get Upside app. I pop it open and it says, Hey, here's the the gas stations near you that are offering cashback deals. For me, it was a racetrack. I went over, that's a gas station in Georgia. I don't, it's called racetrack. Went over there, told them what kind of gas I was going to get, filled up my tank, and I got 50 cents cash back on every single gallon I put in my car. Guys, you have to get gas anyway. You can't change gas prices, but you can get cash back using the Get Upside app. That's Get Upside in the App Store or the Google Play Store. And when you sign up, use promo code SCORE to get an extra 50 cents per gallon back on your first fill-up. Get Upside in the App Store or Google Play Store. Get free money for getting gas you are going to get anyway. 
All right, folks, let's get into some listener questions. By the way, if you're on YouTube, thank you for the support. If you're one of the OGs in the podcast, obviously we love you too. Go down below, hit the like button on this individual video. And if you have a question that you want on a future video, we do them five days a week, throw it in the comments and make sure you're also subscribed and hit that bell. That way you get notifications. So, you know, I'm looking for a good question, but there's just a reoccurring theme. Marcus Lewis said, you know, who do we think transfers out of FSU, Tate, some of the wide receivers, tight ends. Then in those comments, it gets into like, you know, why do you think Tate would transfer out? He's got an opportunity to earn playing time this year. Um, Then somebody else comes in with Tate. There seems to be a lot of talk about that quarterback room and what we would see. Do you guys think Tate Rodemaker's here in the fall? And do you think that that's contingent on whether or not we get a transfer backup? This can be a short answer. Go ahead, Drake. Does he mean Tate Rodemaker or, or Demory Tate? Tate? He means Tate Rodemaker. I think he means Tate Rodemaker. I, I okay. know he means Demory Tate. Okay, okay. No, that's what I was asking. No, he, um, still on the roster? I yeah, think he so. is. Yeah, he is. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if he actually is a reserve corner this year and might actually end up starting. He's yeah. got that kind of athletic frame. But with Tate Rodemaker, I don't know. I really don't know. Mate. There are some kids that, you know, just want to, you know, be a QB out of school and that he might be eventually could have a chance. And he, you kind of saw last year he was – number three basically the entire damn year so and with jordan travis being unhealthy as he is in case he gets hurt are we really gonna see norvell put out aj duffy you know after he saw what happened with chubba in spring and a spring practice let alone now we're well, gonna go to a real game is he really going to risk like aj duffy getting hurt so early after all the shit that we gave him for having chubba Purdy live in practice so why would you just throw so Tate it, has a viable, like you know, path to potentially starting. He's got, if the, he's got, he's got oh. to be the backup, right? Like Hold on, he can't, Who? L- let me answer that a different way. Who cares? Um, he's your backup I, I say, quarterback. That's who. I mean, that's I, that's the point I was trying to allude to. Is like if you don't get someone else, yes, we're not going to get that. Like, he has to be your, your QB too. It can't I know. Be AJ Duffy, However, is he better than any of the walk-ons? I don't know. I mean, like I like the way he looked in the spring, but like, like you know. <laughs> If he transfers out, it's like, oh no, another walk on basically the same talent level as far as I can tell. I don't, who cares? Um, I, the funny thing is, when you first said that, I had the same thought Drake did. Did he mean Demori Tate? Because the cornerback room is so loaded that that whole name syndrome thing is like, I could see a lot of guys thinking, I'm way better than this. I should be starting. I can start anywhere. But I digress. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, again, we're, we're, the point I wanted to get at is that if we don't get a transfer backup, we need to be begging Tate Rodemaker to stay because let's let's say AJ Duffy is your backup. Let's say he's good enough to be your backup. Okay, what if he gets hurt? You have I I don't think politically a coach should ever put a walk on quarterback in a game unless that's going to be Baker Mayfield. It's just like it's one of those things where if you put a backup over a scholarship player, even if he is better and you know he's better but he blows it in that game, like throws a pick six or something, you're going to be the idiot that played the, the walk-on quarterback. And no one's going to listen to anything you have to say. I want to respond to Mayan King real quick because this is something I said. When did J- Jordan Travis become Deshaun Watson, bring in JT Daniels? Mayan, I, dude, I didn't say we shouldn't bring in JT. I said JT Daniels isn't going to come here. You won five games last year. This is when I get realistic. Every time someone hits the transfer portal, y'all lose your minds on Twitter. Like, oh, why isn't the staff getting them? I then go to another question that says, you know, um, oh, I lost it. Basically asking why we only recruit three and four star players. Have we just given up on five star players? No, but you only won five games last year. You've only won eight games in two years. 
You do not want a coaching staff wasting their time on kids that aren't going to come here. I guarantee you they they put out feelers with every five-star in the state or maybe every five-star out there. There's only, what, 25 of them? But if they don't get a, a nibble immediately, they go to a different fishing spot. It, we would be sitting here eviscerating them because it's what we did to Willie Taggart. You don't waste time on kids that are never going to even consider coming to your school and that, frankly, maybe just maybe they'll come to Tallahassee one time because, let's be honest, it's a great time to be here. Like, who doesn't want to go to Tally for a weekend? But they're not going to come to your school, and I don't think the coaching staff should waste time on someone like JT Daniels when they need to go find us a viable option. Yeah, Max, I actually want to, if I may, respond to a similar question with, regarding a comment I made last week, which was that ideal, ideally we bring in a transfer quarterback, I said, that plays zero snaps. And the comment, I believe, was something along the lines of, well, who wants to come in and be a backup and know they're not going to play any snaps? A that's not what I meant. string that isn't going to play any snaps anyway. But also, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, if we get a transfer quarterback in and they play zero snaps, that's because Jordan Travis stayed so healthy that we didn't need the backup to play zero snaps. Oh, I see. Uh, to play yeah. any snaps. Right. I so I, I want Jordan Travis to be as healthy as possible because I think he gives us the best chance to win. But based on what we've seen, a transfer quarterback should feel pretty confident that they're going to have a chance to play some meaningful snaps because Jordan's gotten hurt because of the aggressive way he plays. And I just want to point out, well, why would somebody want to come to a school knowing they're probably not going to uh, start or play? Well, let me point this to you. Look what Nebraska did this offseason. They added Chubba Purdy, who, unless he's Alex Moran, probably ain't starting over Casey Thompson, who transferred from Texas. So, yeah, tra people transfer to schools all the time, including quarterbacks, knowing they're probably not going to start, but that they might play. So, I I don't think or that changes they think anything that they're going to win the starting job and then they don't. And you don't right. want to be a Tathan Martell and be like, Oh, well let me just bing bong out again and go somewhere else. Pinball style. Like it just reference. Yeah. Thank you. It, it guys, it, I, I I'm not going to entertain these questions. I, I love to, we're going to talk about quarterbacks all the time. Cause I can talk yeah. about this sound blue in the face, but if you say something to the degree of, we don't need a transfer quarterback, you're wrong. And if you say something to the degree of we're not going to be able to find one because no one's ever transferred to be a backup, well, that's factually untrue as well. Stetson Bennett walked on to Georgia and just won a national championship. Jordan Travis transferred here knowing he was going to be a third string. And in fact, the staff tried to get him to PWO and he stood strong and actually became, you know, got a scholarship right away. But they wanted him to PWO as like, hey, a depth piece in the room. And look what he's doing now. Chubba Purdy, another great example. He's going to be in a brawl. Joe Burrow didn't have a guarantee to start at LSU when he went there, but Urban Meyer told him he threw like a girl, so he's like, screw it, I'm out of here. There are a lot of examples of people. No, let me put it this way. No one's transferring to be a backup, but people are transferring that haven't been guaranteed a starting spot. And yeah. again, I want one of two people starting at quarterback next year. Jordan Travis or, or the guy that beats out Jordan Travis. And I want... <laughs> right. Either that second guy to start with Jordan backing him up or Jordan to start with that second guy backing him up. Because right now, if Jordan breaks his collarbone, we are f yeah. I mean, there is no other way to put it. AJ Duffy ain't ready. And please don't give me some shit about his high school highlights. Come on. You, you guys are better than that. And I, I agree with um, who said it. Oh, hang on. I like to. Uh, I, I agree with you, Nicholas Stewart. Tate is going into his third year. And, you know, maybe he is physically developed, but. 
he's been six foot four since he was a freshman. He's a coach's kid. Like I don't, I, I got the frame always has. Unfortunately, it, I think you he's not what good. you're going to get from. Yeah. Him. He's not well, Sean McGuire. Even. His issue is his decision-making. Uh, let, let's do a breakdown. So people don't think we're crazy. And then we, I, I'm going to tell him about bet online and built bar. And then we'll come back to more questions. Here's the issue with tape. He does not have the ability to process the game at the speed at which a college quarterback needs to process it. He did the same thing his freshman year as he did last year. He knows the play, he locks onto a receiver, and that results in bad incompletions and even worse interceptions. That's the analysis on him. He's tall as shit. He's got a strong arm. He looks the ball, and apparently he's pretty good in practice. But he does not process. And I'm not saying he's like dumb by any means. I think he understands the game of football. I mean, when he says go and the ball hits his hand, I don't think the the it's like the difference between a, a a core processor and Ram. Like he doesn't have the quick hit processing to like do it all at live speed, even though he seems to really understand the game when he's looking at it, you know, X's and O's and guys, if you really understand the game, unlike Tate, you should be betting on it, making yourself some money. And the best place to put your bets down for a huge playoff week next week is betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has all the lines, all the props, anything you could ask for to get yourself through the NFL playoffs MLB is starting up. If you can't, if you think you can't bet on spring training, you are wrong. BetOnline.ag is going to have that. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Winter Olympics are soon. Like they probably have some lines on that too. So go to BetOnline.ag and use promo code Locked On. And if all that betting makes you anxious and anxiety makes you hungry, fill yourself up with something delicious and something nutritious. Get yourself Built Bars, guys. I love Built Bars. I eat them like I don't know three to five days a week. Favorite flavor is peanut butter brownie. Drake likes the cherry barcia, and Dave will pretty much eat any flavor that they offer. You can get a variety pack if you want to try them out, but go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your purchase of Built Bars, 17 to 19 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of carbs. Gentlemen, ladies, that is a wonderful ratio, and you know the boys of Locked On Seminoles love a wonderful ratio. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. All right, folks, a couple quick hitter questions. NFU, enjoyed the show. Are you guys on Twitter? We are. It's a bit confusing. On Twitter, we are at Knowles Anonymous, and these are our individual handles. Guys, Knowles Anonymous is what we started as. We were a uh, support group for people suffering from Florida State fandom. We're still suffering, and I don't know if we're supportive, but we're there, at Knowles Anonymous. Um, I also want to respond to JH. JH, buddy. Um, thank you for this comment that I'm about to read folks. We're not perfect. Okay. We got day jobs. We got two lawyers and a business consultant here. We follow the team extremely closely, but sometimes we're wrong about things. Sometimes our opinions are a little lacking of nuance and context. It happens to everyone. And JH does a good example of that here. I had said we had the number two transfer quarterback class or uh, quarterback, the number two transfer class in the country, which we did. I think we're fourth now. And I basically answered a question about UF getting more talent and said, look, we're higher rated. JH says, you're equating more transfers with a better class. We've added like 10 transfers. Pretty sure that's top two to three in college football. Only verse got a four-star ranking from two, four, seven. Everyone else was a three-star. UF has added six transfers and four rated four-star. I don't know about you. He goes on to emphasize his point. Yeah. Hey, good call out, man. Um, This happens a lot in recruiting. If y'all don't know, recruiting rankings are an aggregate score. So you can have a better class than someone else if you have four or five more players, even if they have a better average rating. So good call out there. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, I'll say one thing, if if I may, 
they, they have not figured out recruiting transfer rankings well yet. I think that's still in its early stages of being figured out. Like Mackenzie Milton, I'm pretty sure, was a really highly rated prospect despite major questions about what he could do in terms of movement and throwing the ball after that injury. Uh, that Right. And that obviously turned out to not mean much. Jared versus highly rated, but comes from a small program. We'll see what happens with him. I think we'll learn a lot uh, based on that. But we have no idea what these transfer rankings mean, even more than high school. Yeah, I agree. But uh, again, I just thought it was a good point to, to circle back on something we'd said. Yeah, UF is bringing in good talent. So, yeah. you know, they have more four stars than us. I, you know, I kind of want to go back to that conversation of where we are in the landscape, though, because y'all take some of the things I say as pessimistic. That's fine. You're welcome to. It's America. You can or some of our international listeners, even I, I we're not I, I haven't seen anyone VPNing from Chinese Internet. So um, pretty much everyone listening to us is in a free country and uh, y'all are you know welcome to take it how you want. But um, me saying that, like, I think UF is more talented than us and you may not beat them this year. Isn't me saying like we've fallen off the cliff. I mean, yeah, they're bringing in some talent, but I actually trust Mike Norvell more than Billy Napier. You go look at Billy Napier at Louisiana Lafayette, and he won, I think, 30 games in three years. That first season, I think he won eight. So then he starts winning, but you look at the talent he was recruiting. He had the number one recruiting class in the Sun Belt, I think, two years ago by like leaps and bounds. I mean, the guy was an amazing recruiter by Sun Belt standards. And it wasn't like he was dominating out there. Like, if you recruit like that in the Sun Belt, you should be winning every game by 20 or 30 points, and he just simply wasn't. And I know that's a common knock on him, but we haven't actually seen if he's a good coach or not. He's been on some great staffs. He's gotten the big job, but we don't know if he's going to perform, and it's going to be his first year. Let's kind of wait and see on that. As far as Miami's concerned, I mean, oh my gosh, what a freaking embarrassment it is down there. Guys, they just basically bought a Maserati. If you don't know, Maseratis are complete lemons, all right? They're basically souped-up used Chryslers that someone sticks a trident on and puts a $90,000 price tag. That's exactly what I think they just did with Mario Cristobal. He can't find an offensive coordinator. He goes to the basketball game, hypes up the crowd. They still lose to Florida State at home, even though they tried to mount a big comeback. He's done nothing in the splash hire department. He had nothing to do with the athletic director hire. I don't know why, like, can you guys help me out? Maybe I'm being overly like a fan or a homer. Nothing that's happened at Miami would make me think that they're headed in the right direction, especially when you look at the fact that they just committed like $100 million to a staff that I have no confidence in. Me personally with Cristobal, he failed at FIU, but we now know at FIU they have no at all whatsoever, I guess, impetus to actually have a field athletic program at all whatsoever. And then Cristobal did go to the Nick Saban Reformatory School for former head coaches that want to coach good, but also do other stuff good too, actually, which was a great time over there. And everyone, he's a very well-respected coach. He took went over to Oregon. He actually won two Pac-12 championships there, actually at Oregon. Now, granted, he, he lost he Utah back-to-back like back. right next to his uh, Little League World Series championship. The Miami NIT banners, you mean? You think he yeah, puts them next yeah, to yeah, those? Yeah, yeah probably puts them, he probably puts them around there. Cool, but he's known as someone across the entire sport where, like, He's really hardworking, extremely yeah. organized. The only difference is now, the only reason why I think Miami is struggling is because they finally are trying to do something. For many, for 20 years, they always said, you know, we're the you. We'll just, you know, it'll happen, it'll happen. Now you see, like, boosters like a John Ruiz. You see all the NIL deals right now going along with their players, too. They, it, 
right now, Miami to me is going to be very interesting case study to watch. They might be the first like pure NIL school, and you'll see how actually how they're able to be able to kind of use it to benefit their entire athletic program. And with Cristobal, I just think he's also he's a damn good coach. So I think it partially is one you hate Miami, which is fair. We yes. all do on here. So I like what. It, so if they say the sky is blue, you'll be like the sky is red, which is fair. Yeah, well, I'll just know? say there's shades of blue to it. I mean, it's not just is that just See, blue? That's, you know? But to me, I think Cristobal is a good hire, and I wouldn't be surprised honestly if they hire someone like maybe a Doug Belk as their DC from Houston, which honestly to me is someone that a lot of people wanted to bring on here, probably November, December to replace Alan Fuller. I, I want to add one thing. First of all, it is sure Mario Cristobal is known as some good things. He's also known as really hard to work with, which is why he's that having too. trouble finding anybody to work with. Not to mention the school is just poverty. Who wants to go work in poverty? Right. Well, you're, I mean, you're, you're known as to your point, like people know Cristobal is hard to work with, with the knock being that he is too controlling with how he runs his program. So what does he do? He goes and hires the entire offensive staff before he hires a coordinator. Like, do you realize how stupid that is? I'm, Here, I understand what you're saying, Drake. I'm not, I'm not on you. It's just like, mm-hmm. to me, that is one of the dumbest things you could do as a CEO is go fill an entire department and then go, I need to find someone to run this thing, I guess. But deal with everything I just did. Yeah, yeah but, but they got to be my guys. It makes, and by the way, if the offense fails, Cristobal is not going to be like, yeah, don't worry, but I hired all those guys, so don't fire the OC. He's going to chop the head off the OC to make yeah. a point, which is what you do. Except this year with Adam Fuller for some reason. Uh, well, I, I know why because he showed improvement. But you get my point. Is like firing a coordinator is a is a great like buy yourself one more season move, regardless of who fired the staff. Coordinators aren't stupid. They know that. I, I just I don't I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he's maybe I'm going to be wrong. I think everyone listening to this though hopes I'm not. I think that the investment they're making, Cristobal, it makes no sense. Let me put it this way: they're paying the type of money that you pay to go steal a Brian Kelly like LSU did to get a guy that probably was running out of time at Oregon with like the embarrassing losses he faced to Utah, pretty much exposing his program as the program that uh, this is a video game term. If you don't play video games, it's fine, but they call it pub stomping, right? Like the, the pro gamers that just go into public lobbies and play against guys like us to, to beef their stats up. He wasn't going anywhere. Like, cool. Good job. You won the pack 12 Right. And then got Jiffy stomped by Utah and it was just an absolute embarrassment. And you paid like $80 million for that. That's a $40 million coach, not an $80 million coach, but Hey, they're wasting money. Not mine. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, that's a good Miami rant. Uh, I don't really know. Oh gosh. Don't get me worked up about Miami, but guys, thanks for stopping by today. We really appreciate tomorrow, right? Tomorrow guys, triple D's tomorrow is a very special episode. It's our, uh, spring series dunks, dribbles, and dimes where Dave and Drake break down basketball for you. They give you all the stuff you need to know. This program, I don't know. It sounds like they're headed in the right direction. All I saw was a win over Duke, a win over Miami. And I mean, gosh, this team just loves to win like one and two point games. But hey, a win is a win. And folks, we hope that your Monday is a win. I'm Max. That was Drake. That was Dave. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you come back tomorrow for Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody. You suck.